Welcome to The Resonance, the podcast about energy and sustainability from Alpha Energy Group. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alpha Energy Group podcast. I'm Jeremy Nicholson, Corporate Affairs Officer, and I'm joined for my fortnightly catch-up on the European commodity markets by my colleague, Dr. Petra Puskarova, our European Energy Risk Manager. Well, Petra, we've had a lot to talk about as far as gas is concerned in recent months, and there's still things going on in the gas market, aren't there? Uh, most particularly around the issue of Russian gas, Gazprom gas, whether it's going to flow through Nord Stream 2, maybe it isn't this winter, and other issues about its deliverability. So what's been going on, and do the prospects look reasonably benign? The prospects are more or less the same that they were a few weeks ago. We have not had any um, further update on the Nord Stream 2 certification. So it looks like Gazprom is still looking into setting the subsidy in Germany. Lots of discussion has been going on about Russian promise to pump more gas. We do see that there has been an attempt to pump more gas into Europe. We see increased flows, especially via the Ukrainian and Slovakian border via Velke Kapushani, where the flows have been steady and they are actually highest at this time of the year that they were between January and October. The flows via Malno, uh, via Poland are range bound, but they seem to be adjusting themselves to the actual demand from Germany. We have received the information and we also sort of know that it's it's unlikely that there will be any significant bookings in terms of the capacity by Gazprom in terms of transits, but it is likely that significant amount of nominations and gas should be nominated on on day ahead basis. Gazprom continues to state that they are meeting all their demand requirements and all their contractual requirements. And there are significant questions being posed by Gazprom about actual demand from Germany. If I speak in terms of demand, then we are meaning the actual industrial demand as we heard over the past few months that bigger industrials have actually halted the production as a result of high prices. I think that's a very good point because, you know, when we think about variable demand and gas, we tend to think, well, you know, is the weather hot or cold? And does that lead to a demand for cooling and, and heating and associated power generation for the proportion of that that's electrified? But of course, the other aspect of it is is for industry, as you say. And a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to industrialists about this in, in Brussels, and they were saying exactly as you were saying, there comes a price at which if you're an energy intensive manufacturer of, I don't know, fertilizer or something like that that uses natural gas, as a feedstock, it's no longer profitable to carry on manufacturing. So way before we have to worry about, God forbid, the lights going out or anything like that, there's a demand response, isn't there, from the industrial sector? And that's quite pronounced now, I think, in Europe. Exactly. In terms of seasonal demand or winter demand, of course, there are significant calls in Europe to see more gas coming. In general, the view is that there shouldn't be a physical lack of gas this winter. LNG continues coming into Europe. Russian flows, although maybe we were hoping for higher flows following the promise from Gazprom earlier in uh, late October, I believe, we are seeing more gas coming in. As I mentioned, Malno flows are likely to actually dip this weekend to zero. And there is a prospect there could be again a reverse flow from Germany back to Poland because it looks like the actual day ahead or spot demand is not as high as we would expect. Again, most probably related to the industrial demand. 
Right. And of course, the, the other aspect of this is not just the, the average price levels, but the volatility of those prices. And gas prices have been extraordinarily volatile recently, as you might, might expect with a tight market and a lot of news, good and bad, um, affecting sentiment. But, you know, that, that has consequences, doesn't it, for suppliers and, and for consumers, particularly those on, on flexible contracts and those deciding when it is that they should take the plunge and contract term for the year or further ahead. You know, so how does volatility affect that if you're a, a consumer in industry? Prices remain extremely volatile and they are very uh, news sensitive. We saw those big dips or big increases around all the positive and negative news around Nord Stream 2. Very recently, the gas was, of course, really sensitive to the weather. We actually had the first proper cold spell in Europe that tested the system. Again, no physical issues, but of course, you know, lower temperatures triggered higher prices and increased the prospect of colder Q122, which would open further um, space for prices to continue to rally until end of the peak demand season. In terms of uh, implications, Q122 will be the quarter that will design or paint the rest of next year. There's, of course, we can speak about worst case scenarios and best case scenarios. If the supply remains stable and there will be no outages and no issues and Q1 will actually turn warmer than anticipated and winter will not be as long as, for example, last year, we could see potentially prices softening to around 60 euros per megawatt hour. On the other hand, if the winter is cold, we don't have potentially as much supply or there is an unexpected outage and winter is long and it goes into April as it did last year, we could see 150 euros per megawatt hour. Depending on which of these scenarios will play out, and if you consider the usual level of price being unwinded into Q2, we can predict what the summer will look like. Into Q3 and Q4, then we need to consider whether Nord Stream 2 will be or will be not operational. Indeed. And, you know, as if that uncertainty wasn't large enough and the, and the range of prices you've just quoted there is, is quite staggering. It, it makes it very difficult to know what to do in terms of procurement at right at the moment. There are similar issues that are affecting the energy markets globally, aren't there? Not least something we haven't mentioned, a new factor since we last spoke, the Omicron variant, the new variant uh, of COVID, which... Um, could potentially have an impact on economic activity. But I think so far, if you look at the oil markets, uh, the markets seem to have taken this in their stride, don't they, at least to, to some extent. That's true. I'm just going to use oil as a comparison to European power and gas. European power and gas is not interested in Delta or Omicron or any other COVID variant at the moment. It's the oil price that actually uh, responded quite quite significantly. There was a nearly 10% uh, plunge in prices on Friday and the downside has persisted into early this week. Some countries are considering it as a threat, some less. Uh, nevertheless, there were travel restrictions that heavily weighted on the demand for jet fuel and uh, buyers are actually quite wary at the moment. One event to watch uh, by the end of this week, there will be OPEC meeting where, which will establish whether the current monthly increase of 400 barrels per day will persist or not. There is a potential that they will halt this increase in January to prevent the market from getting into oversupply if the new variant was to indeed develop in a worst case scenario and again impact the um, economical activity. 
Well, that's obviously something to keep an eye on, not just the OPEC response, but whether there's any further moves on strategic reserves and so on to try and calm the market down, although it does seem a little calmer uh, with oil than, than it was previously. And turning to carbon now, I mean, you know, as if there wasn't enough excitement in the other commodity markets, carbon's just hit record prices in the European market, hasn't it? It has. So we're currently hovering around 75 euros per tonne. This means that we've again entered a new trading range. Combination of, of factors that I believe that caused this increase was subdued renewable generation over past two days, although this is now improving gas tightness and the general appetite from buyers that continue to buy carbon emissions as downside is quite limited and will be limited based on a European green agenda. Right. And lastly, in terms of what all this means for the power prices, if you take the volatility in gas prices, you take carbon and, you know, variability in wind output, presumably we've seen similarly volatile power prices too, and indeed record prices or near record prices in some European markets, I think. We can again mention Q122 as sort of a decision-making quarter. It will again all depend on on supply and demand dynamics. If uh, wind generation doesn't underperform in Q1, we could potentially see some downside. We had some positive news from France. Uh, EDF has actually decided to move some of the scheduled maintenance into Q2 to prevent outages in Q1, although still the French base load prices don't seem to be reflecting this positive news, but hopefully uh, fundamentals will kick in and we will see some decrease from these extreme highs that we're looking now at the moment. In terms of the rest of the year, and I don't know if I was to use spot market as an example, it's unlikely we will see ranges between 40 or 60 anymore. There is significant fossil phase out in Germany. We've heard that lots of solar renewable projects are actually being delayed due to the increase in the cost of some of the materials used in the photovoltaic. And carbon prices have increased over 130% since last year. So if we had last Q1 and German baseload has been trading in the range of 50 euro, that was at the time when carbon emissions cost only 30 euros per tonne. They're currently 75 euros, and given the gas tightness persists into Q1, this could easily go to 80 euros. Well, that's a that's an interesting warning there. Don't bet against um, a further rally in, in carbon prices, at least yet. Uh, the market may have further to go. So thank you for explaining that, Petra. And indeed, the, the myriad of other f- factors that are affecting the energy and markets at the moment, it seems to get e- ever more complex each time we speak. But uh, uh, thank you for attempting to explain it, because you know one thing we can do is try and be as well informed as possible uh, when dealing with, with volatile markets. Well, if you found that interesting, do have a look at our website alphaenergygroup.com forward slash uk and uh, we look forward to you joining us for a podcast again soon <laughs>